0: Welcome to You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind with Katherine Potter. Are you ready to deep dive into a better understanding of how your mind, body, and relationships to everything else in your world come together? For the next hour, we invite you to embark on a journey of discovery and connections. Now, here's your host, Katherine Potter. Hello, everyone. My name is Katherine Potter,
1: and I'd like to welcome you to You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind. For those of you who are new to the show, each week we focus on a topic that supports the idea of holism that everything and everyone is interconnected and in relationship. Today we are going to look at how we can bring a higher quality to the end of our life, as well as the time period just after death. We tend to be creative in how we choose to hold a space for a child being birthed into the world. We get informed, and even while in the womb, there are celebrations, rituals, and blessings. At the other end of our life, when it is time to leave this world and be birthed back into the cosmic womb, we are often not as creative nor informed. The time to think about the transition period before during, and after death should come well before our death experience. That is when we should actively seek information so we can make choices that work for us. Today's guest, Rain Johnson, is a death doula. And in a similar way to how a birth doula holds space for a family, mother, and the baby coming into the world, Rain holds space for the person who's dying and their loved ones. As they are birthed back out of our world, Rain is going to share information and insights on how to be creative and proactive with the transition of death. Rain, welcome, and I am really excited for you to be here and to share this really important information, because sometimes I think death is like that elephant in the room. We don't talk about it, right? So welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you, Catherine. And so the very first thing that I want to ask you, just for um, listeners who may not be familiar what a death doula is, what is a death doula? Well, first of all, I'd like to say that I really
2: like what you said about birthing, being similar to death because I used to be a birth doula, and now really I'm helping people give birth to themselves at the end of life. So we really try to normalize death and bring it back into conversation. So, and it's an emerging um, new role that is supporting dying people and their family members in response to an overwhelming demand on families and the carers, as well as the healthcare professionals. So, we've identified also these gaps that can be in between the healthcare professional and the funeral home. So, so many times people have been given the diagnosis. It's like they're still reeling with the feelings. There's a lot to put in order. Um, They don't have their advanced planning done. So, there's so much to discuss because we haven't brought it about
1: death and dying into conversation enough. Okay. So, I'd like, this is like fascinating. So I have two questions that have come up from that. Number one, I know people will go and they'll plan on with, um, you know, a funeral home about the after, right? Um, and and yet not about the quality of the actual transition. How, when, when given that choice, or when they're in that situation, how they want to die. And the other question that actually, or the question that came to mind is, do you think? that people were more comfortable with this when less people died in hospital and more naturally at home? Because isn't that more of a recent thing where more people come to the end of their life in a hospital? Um, And, you know, I think, you know, in my grandparents or my great-grandparents or my great-great-grandparents' day, people were having to deal with their loved ones in their home dying. So do you think... We got a little bit disconnected
2: because of that? Certainly with the industrialization of medical care and um, as well as the funeral industry starting to come be popped up and taking control over actually the body. Mm -hmm. So, yes, at one point we used to – families would – take care of the dying person, they prepare the body after death, even build the casket. So we were very much more involved. And then shortly after, like in the industrial early 1900s, that's there's a whole story on the history of death on, care and, and, what, changed yeah, and yeah. what
1: changed it. And what changed it. And I understand. And thank goodness that people... Do have the option of hospital if it's you know a sure. situation where they need to be. Yay! So I, I you know I'm not like everybody should die at home kind of person, but I, I somehow think that we we sometimes people will tell me that they um, didn't want the doctors to tell the their loved one that they were dying, and I thought one of the most important transitions in our life, I think. We should let them know, right? So I do have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? I'm sure that when you were a child, you didn't think, one day I'm going to grow up to be a death doula. <laughs> so first off, I'm really curious to know how you became. You said you were a birth doula before, which I didn't know. That's brilliant. Um, but how, how did you get into the doula business?
2: Well, so I, I was leaving Toronto where I was doing the birth doula work, literally driving, to my new home in Nova Scotia, had a calling. The voice really came out of nowhere. How about working at end of life? Arrived into Nova Scotia, had this opportunity, met a, a friend who became very close. She was her own death doula. She knew she was dying and she had her advanced planning done. So that means healthcare wishes. wishes, how she wanted to be cared for at home. She did not want to go to the hospital. We gathered caregivers together. She um, made sure that we weren't going to call 911. So we had all that clear what we were doing. We just learned on the spot. Many of us were healers, massage therapists, naturopaths. She was she was um, a anthroposophical, so she had a lot of work from Rod- Rudolf Steiner, who wrote a lot of books on dying and death. So oh, she okay. wasn't afraid to talk about it. So we we talked a lot. She designed her own headstone. She had a friend build the casket. She died at home the way she wanted to. And How
3: we beautiful. cared for her
2: body. We bathed her body. We, you know, casketed her. Um, we had her own pallbearers of course bring her body to the cemetery. So it was all hands-on. The funeral home did the paperwork and that was it. So I, it made me realize that we can do so much more. And it just normalized, again,
1: it's like death. Mm-hmm. It just normalized this life and death is a package deal. Mm-hmm. Life and death is a package deal, absolutely. And so then after that experience, I like that you were, you know, put into it and there was a learning curve there. Um how did you go about training to be a death doula? I'm I'm assuming there's some training involved. If listeners are going hey, I, that's a fascinating career, and it is, by the way, I think I meet the coolest people on these <laughs> interviews. Um, so tell me what training is involved to become. So uh, so about two in, things. What's yeah. the training, and then after that, is it regulated? So
2: let's go first to the okay. training. Okay. So in 1997, when I was looking after my friend Kate. There was no training. That Mm -hmm. was the training.
1: That was the training.
2: And I don't even think, I didn't even know the term death doula or death midwife. Mm -hmm. So it's just happened more in the last, I would say 10 years, 12, 14 years or so that there's different programs and schools coming up, propping up to teach on how to be a death doula. Some of them don't do the pan death. So I work from... When the person is, even before they they know they're dying, hopefully to do their advanced planning, um, but right to the point when they die and after death care. So there's many schools. We have a community Canadian death care. Okay, good. Sort of on, you know, Facebook group. And there's many schools in the States who are working towards legislation. Many of us, because we consider it more of vocation, Mm -hmm. rather than a profession, Mm -hmm. because we were offering people options. Mm -hmm. What are the options at end-of-death care? What are the, you know, to, um, just so that they have a choice, so they know what to choose. Rather than being the professional, this is the way it's done. So some of us have a concern that if it becomes legislated and regulated, then it's just one more profession that we're telling people what to do.
1: Yes. So, as you say that, of course, I see the pros and uh, for me, I'm hearing the pros and cons um, because you're an ethical person and you probably are, you know, very good about educating yourself about the legalities and beautiful ways to hold that space. Um, But then, of course, not everybody is you, right? And so, I get, I I understand like in these wonderful um, therapies yeah. So, so that's interesting. So you're saying there are is though more training involved. Yes. And um, are is it part of the, you know, in my mind, death and birth are so interlinked that I almost think it's hand in glove to a birth doula. So are where people go to train as midwives or birth doulas, is that also where they would be able to find out about death doula training? Should they Google it? They Each country is going to be different. Each country. Okay. And you mentioned an organization I'm going to get at the end of the show. We'll talk about the Canadian. Um, yes. So they can Google it for their country. Yes. Okay. Okay. So you said something that um, is quite interesting or maybe or you said something and I heard something different. Um, I think we're very uneducated as to what we are allowed to do with somebody who has passed away. What's our rights? And I think that is an interesting conversation. And, I, you know, I and my a sister held space for a, a mother who passed away. And then after the passing, it's kind of like nobody's quite sure Um Wow, what are we supposed to do now? You know, this person has died, and so how beautiful to have somebody like you be able to hold this space. So, can we go into that just a little bit about, you know, how how do people find out about the legalities? What do you do? There's somebody who's died, right?
2: Right, yeah. and. Um, At one point, the top uh, question on Google was what to do when someone dies. So that shows you that we don't know as a society. So many people don't realize that in some provinces, some states, not all of them, we have the option or we have the responsibility to look after those who have died. It's not, we normally, you know, the body's whisked off to the funeral home too soon. Um, The body's never, you know, not even cooled off yet so we really do have the option to help and assist in looking after those that have died and I always say that relationship that relationship with that person doesn't end the life has ended but the relationship lives on so take for instance we were working with my colleague and I were working with a young family son was dying of cancer three-year-old they knew given up on you know any chemo we met with them for an hour and the one thing the wife was, you know, it can full tears. She says, "I don't want my child buried in an industrial casket."
0: Hmm. So this
2: is not for everybody. But I did turn. I said, "It can be built." So the father built it, and the grandparents decorated it.
1: Okay. So how loving is that, and how creative that the family members had a chance to hold space, right? Because People who have not died, I think, are not don't know what to do with themselves after. Mm-hmm. So <clears> can <throat> I just finish a little bit on I'd that story it, there because yeah. the
2: he the little boy died. The parents washed his body, took him into bed, and read him his story, a oh. last story. So you know. It's just that continuation. The funeral home was con- contacted. This is what's happening. The, you know, So they did the paperwork. The, the parents were able to drive the, the, their little guy to the, to the crematorium and be a part of it. But it has to be arranged so there are some parameters to it. Not everybody's going to build their casket. It's not always a great idea because it might yeah. not fit. Like my father, we built his casket. It was just long enough. You, you, know. <laughs> you want to find
1: that out before and not after. <laughs> so we, we made
2: arrangements. The funeral home brought his body back from the hospital and we did vigil it at the farm where he lived all his life. And then the fun- funeral home came after two days' vigil, home vigil, and carried his body to the crematorium. We went, whole, you know, the whole family went there.
1: So okay, is- so fascinating. We're about to go to break, and when we come back, Rain, I really would like to find a little bit more out about that. Like everybody thinks, okay, you phone the paramedics, you do this. And then uh, we'll find out more about how Rain holds a space um, for somebody in the latter part of their life. So stay tuned. And when you come back, we're going to be talking to Rain, our wonderful death doula.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: Are you curious about your unique astrological blueprint? Would you like guidance on how to work consciously with the planetary cycles affecting your life? Are you ready to expand your horizons and release limiting beliefs or patterns that inhibit your growth and happiness? With insight, compassion, and experience, Catherine Potter holds a clear place for your unfolding evolution. For more information, go to Katherinepotter.ca. That's CatherinePotter.ca. Are you a budding or closet metaphysician, mystic, or astrologer? Do you want to find out about upcoming programs, workshops, lectures, or retreats? You'll want to sign up for Catherine's free monthly newsletter and stay up to date with informative articles and workshop information. Visit CatherinePotter.ca to subscribe. From astrology to hypnotherapy and mysticism, you'll stay up to date on classes, consultations, and more. Visit CatherinePotter.ca and stay in touch today. This is you, the universe, the holistic mind, with Katherine Potter. To reach the show today, please send an email to Potter at Shaw.ca. That's Potter at Shaw.ca. Now, back to you, the universe, the holistic mind. Hi, everybody.
1: Welcome back. It is Katherine Potter, and I'm talking to Rain Johnson, who is a death doula, and she's talking to us about other ways... Other than, you know, ending your life at a hospital, unless that's necessary. So, Rain, I would just like to clarify one thing we were talking about before we went to break. So, we don't have people taking their past relatives, dumping them in the car and bringing them to the funeral home. I say that a little bit tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> um, so, just to clarify, you said people do need to find out whatever province or country or wherever you live in previous... What are the requirements? Is that correct? Right. Oh, definitely. Yes. The regulations. The regulations, because there are regulations, and whether or not they need to have a doctor sign off on it, all types of things. So again, I think this is coming back to telling people, get informed. And so this is where you come in. You are somebody who holds that place and you probably have a lot of that information. So what does it look like? So when do people call you, for example? Um, I, I know you, you are involved with palliative massage therapy and aromatherapy, but first step, um, when does a person usually call you? Right. Some, often too late. Okay. Let me tell you you two scenarios. One
2: scenario a few years ago, this woman or the um, family wanted to keep their 94-year-old grandpa at home. The couple, and they had a 13-year-old daughter. The daughter-in-law knew... She, she had a birth doula. She thought, there must be a death doula. So, she Googled. She found me here in Edmonton. They called me. I went to meet with them, made sure that they had their documents in order. So, the, the power of attorney, the will, the health care directive, goals of care, which we have here in Alberta. And so, they did. And then they started the, the looking after him and at home. They went away on holidays. He stayed home. They had a caregiver. Well, He died while they were away in Mexico. They called me, said, Rain, can you go and support the young people that are the the caregivers and help with the vigil? So I did that, got the fan going, some cool um, ice packs to keep the body cool, just informed the, the young kids, waited till the family got there. The family got home, they had this, it was this beautiful transition into having their grandfather you know, dead in, in his bed. Well, in a few days, in those next few days, the 13-year-old had created a beautiful shrine in her grandfather's room. Mm. They did the, their own body wash. The son body did the body wash, and they did so much. In the meantime, they had I suggested a funeral home. They had called the funeral home, said, look, this is, we want our father picked up, at such and such. So within the two days, the funeral home came and picked him up. So I had enough time to help educate them what to do very nice the next family uh, you know my most recent clients it was they called me about what kind of work could I help them with as a death doula oh no 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 they weren't quite willing to talk about death even though he had been diagnosed as palliative and so I said well how about come in as a massage therapist so I was able to do that, and I was able to support them at home. He went into, into tertiary care, basically palliative care, to get his his medica- medication straightened out and some bed sores. The family said, we want to take him home. They did that. They brought him home. And so I, then I was sort of followed him back and forth and made sure that the health care knew, the, the home care knew that he was – was chances are he wanted to die at home and that that was going to be a known death.
1: Oh, so tell me what you mean by known death. So that means that the,
2: the health care, his, his doctor He's or the home care
1: nurses know,
2: right, and expecting
1: death. Okay. And the alternative, so there's known death and what's the other? Um, so there's the unexpected death or sudden death. Okay. Okay, so somebody could be have a long-term health issue, but unless people are in the know that this person wants to die at home, would that be treated like a, an unknown or a sudden death? It could be. Okay, so you need to work, here's what I'm hearing you say, you need to work with the doctors and you need to say to them and the person dying needs to say or, uh, you know, unless you're a family member who has the, you know, depending how um, conscious they are, um, you need to set that up a little bit beforehand it Definitely. can't be a last second decision no no yeah. or like in order
2: like i was saying the goals of care or green sleeve yeah. here in alberta is great for that that's on the fridge if the ems is called they say they ask if they have it they can just go directly to the fridge see do, do this person want to be resuscitated or what kind of interventions. so there's things like that that really need to be put in place and and talked about and so Say again, you're calling it goals of care? Goals of care. Alberta is very, I think it's, there might be other
1: provinces or states that have this, but yeah, that's a whole other piece. Okay. And so you're basically saying there's a, a, a checklist Uh, that's not as nice as saying goals of care, but there's things that you can do and and get in place, and there's almost like a checklist you can follow. Different levels of care. Different levels of care. Love Mm -hmm. it. So somebody decides, and you can see why death doulas would work so well, because even if the family members are holding space to have somebody educated to the whole process of dying come in. So tell me a little bit about massage therapy for people who are dying. So massage...
2: Someone, I was just telling what how it could help, what it does, because people who are dying, whether they have cancer or whatever they have going on, they become poked and prodded and tests here and there. And they become, you know, just that swollen arm after the mastectomy or just the mastectomy or they become just the cancer. By just even massaging even hands and feet and maybe the neck, people begin to feel Okay, I'm a whole person here not still. Just my you know, I'm not just my yeah. illness. I'm not just my illness. I'm not just my dying. They are like they're living. So and, and you know, I love teaching families how to massage and not be afraid of someone who's dying. Even just holding hands or just giving that light little foot massage at the right time or you know like my dad being a farmer all his life, he was the best Best client ever. He had grandchildren massaging him. It was quite funny. So, you know, it's a way that families can participate. Mm -hmm. If they have just a few little tools, the easy tools to ease someone's pain emotionally or spiritually. There's so much spiritual pain, emotional pain involved with someone who's dying Mm -hmm. that that's not addressed. Mm -hmm. So I think doulas can provide a real holistic care. Because we've medicalized, we've medicalized um, palliative, we've medical and we've industrialized death care.
1: Yes, and so what I'm hearing is it's not just for the person who is dying. Mm. You're actual, and you don't. You may not be there. The doula may not be there at the moment of death, right? But you're training, teaching, educating the people who are holding that space for their. Family member, um, to know what to do. That it's okay to rub their feet. It's okay to rub their hands. It's okay to talk to them as a person, not just their illness. That. Right. To just open up the dialogue and love them. Just love them. Right. And that's what I'm hearing you say. How beautiful is that? Right? Oh, totally beautiful. The last client, you know, three sons, two sons and two daughters
2: were there at his house ready to move him to give him a new mattress. And I saw I had noticed one of the sons moving his leg and I said, oh, perhaps you can just try moving it. You know, here's a way to support his limbs, his arms, when they start to move the arms and reach out, it's kind be kind of disturbing at the end of right at the end of life. And so it's like, you know, here's something you could just do, you know, just sort of support their arms up there or, you know, support their elbow, their shoulder, their hand at the same time. There's just so many ways that we can do that supportive sense
1: Mm
0: -hmm. to
2: offer someone who is going into this place of unknowingness. It's an unknowing place. No matter how much I've studied about death and dying, it's, you know, I'll
1: never know what happens until I actually do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's all the different traditions that have their information. And so, very nice. Um, Do people ever ask, we're going to come to the aromatherapy pretty quick because that's fascinating. Um, But do you ever have people ask you how to support the spiritual aspect of it. You know, we were talking a little bit beforehand, and I was saying, wow, you know, I think you want to let whatever the person's beliefs are to the caregiver, let them stay with that, right? You don't want to dislodge somebody. Do you have people ask, you know, what should they do in that way? Should they pray? Should they chant? If it's an atheist, you know, what do they do on a spiritual level? Do you have people ask for that type of education? for sure like i might
2: ask if there's a special passage from the if you know that the person dying is light or you know what comes to mind though too is that whole piece of forgiveness and the mm-hmm. legacy work and mm-hmm. and that has been really noticeable in, with a few clients it's like just enough time for that using working with that forgiveness whether it, the dying person is now unconscious and the and the living caregiver, or the caregiver who the primary caregiver, you know, there can still be a lot of this emotional, psychic, spiritual work done just by addressing it. Mm-hmm. But it, it's like that—not going to the to the deathbed or to the to the grave with resentment and unforgiveness.
1: Yes, and ideally, obviously, we want to do that well before, right? That, that, so that we can just be in the process of dying and not thinking about all those things. So we're about to go to break again. And when we come back, we're going to continue this very important conversation about death with Rain, our death doula. She's going to talk about how we can bring in that wonderful uh, aromatherapy and scent into the experience. So stay tuned.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: Are you curious about your unique astrological blueprint? Would you like guidance on how to work consciously with the planetary cycles affecting your life? Are you ready to expand your horizons and release limiting beliefs or patterns that inhibit your growth and happiness? With insight, compassion, and experience, Catherine Potter holds a clear place for your unfolding evolution. For more information, go to Katherinepotter.ca. That's CatherinePotter.ca. Are you a budding or closet metaphysician, mystic, or astrologer? Do you want to find out about upcoming programs, workshops, lectures, or retreats? you'll want to sign up for Catherine's free monthly newsletter and stay up to date with informative articles and workshop information. Visit catherinepotter.ca to subscribe. From astrology to hypnotherapy and mysticism, you'll stay up to date on classes, consultations, and more. Visit catherinepotter.ca and stay in touch today. This is You, The Universe, The Holistic Mind with Katherine Potter. To reach the show today, please send an email to Katherine Potter at Shaw.ca. That's Katherine Potter at Shaw.ca. Now back to You, The Universe, the Holistic Mind.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm talking to Rain Johnson, who is a death doula. And so, Rain, we already spoke that um, you're a massage therapist and also an aromatherapist. Can we just, before we go into the aromatherapy, talk a little bit about your training? Was this part of your death doula training? Did it come before? Tell us a little bit about that training. Started massage therapy
2: training in 1983. So at that point, there was two schools in all of Canada. And immediately after that, my graduate work was in aromatherapy. I was fascinated by aromatherapy. And so been many, um, you know, different trainings since then on massage and aromatherapy. And then that was in 1994 when I started doing more of the palliative work and
1: learning more of the palliative end-of-life care. So you went for training specifically, um, palliative care. Yes. Okay.
2: Yeah. Well, and then and then I in two thousand and five I did um, contemplative practices for end of life at Naropa University. Can you tell me what that is? That was so fascinating because it was a year long, some online, some in in uh, in school in class, and it included. Well, not only our own griefing process, because it was after my brother's suicide and my father's, my father's death. Not, and uh, so I got to work on my grief mm-hmm. in class. Uh, so I really noticed the, the importance of doing our own grief work. We also did our own death. Mm-hmm. We supported each other in class on what would it be like if we were on, on, on our own de- deathbed. And we also were introduced to the pain meditations that um, Stephen Levine, Levine first worked with. So there was all many different aspects of, um, of working contemplatively in end of life. Like I even, we did some pottery and so I made my, de- my brother's little casket.
0: Mm. And I you know,
2: it was
1: it's so healing. It is healing, and we have so many interesting ceremonies around birth and showers and all of that, and we don't have some really delicious ceremonies like that where the person passing is involved or also the family members are involved, and I think that Contributes to the disconnect, and what I'm hearing you talk about is these wonderful ways to be involved. Definitely, even yeah. some funeral homes are allowing families to come in and, and paint uh, the
2: you know the cardboard casket, or if it's home funeral, bring in the you know the casket, have families decorate it, and I always suggest to use a funeral home to come and pick up the you know to to transport the body and do the paperwork. Mm-hmm. Other doulas, you know, really are a part of all of that.
1: Mm -hmm. So there's so many ways of doing it. So, so much to talk about. This could be like a (laughs) (laughs) three-segment, but let's go to aromatherapy. So you use aromatherapy. Um, Talk a little bit about that and how that can help with um, palliative care. A lot
2: yeah, I just love the area of aromas because most people think how it can support physically. So for the physical pain or um, digestion, it can help because there's often lots of constipation with the chemotherapy drugs and stuff like that. And I always like to bring in how it supports those in places of transition, hmm. you know, so or the fear that comes up whether it's with the family or the dying loved one.
1: So okay. you're talking about scent connected to our emotional Oh, care, definitely.
2: Right? Yes. right. It's so connected to it could have a positive or a, a good memory, you mm-hmm. know. But So working with those essence that um, are, I don't really want to be, you know, prescriptive in it, but often, okay, th- lavender is the most used one. Mm-hmm. How, what different ways can you use the lavender? To help the person relax, families relax. People walk in. I've had used lavender spritzer. The in a palliative unit. The nurse walks in. is like, oh wow, doesn't it smell so good? So I see it even affecting the healthcare professionals sure. if we're able to use it. You know, mm-hmm. there's often the the um, scent free
1: zones. So would a person first? Talk to the person who's dying and, and saying, or toward the end of their life, right? Do you like this scent? Would they check in and say, "Hey, how does this? Do you like it?"
2: Right. Or if yeah. in
1: in a medical
2: um, institution, then you check. You have to check with the professionals, the healthcare uh, on on duty.
1: Yes, as and well because you it. may not be allowed to use it. Right. So just because some of our listeners may not know much about aromatherapy, um, just briefly talk about. We're not talking about taking the oils, so just talk oh. about yeah just because again we might have people so what are some of the ways people can use aromatherapy right topically or infused or they could
2: even put a drop on a little ribbon tie it to the to the bed um, sheet or on their pajamas so don't overwhelm if you're using it in a massage the dilution is so different than using it on a, on a healthy person um it's you know it's like less than two percent dilution i'm not i don't want to get into
1: no no we don't but is there a place where people go for information specifically because like you said working with somebody who is in in diminished health right you're obviously not going to work the same way uh, as somebody who's got strong health and so is there where would people learn about that so I'm not talking about someone who wants to become a death doula, but just right. for home care <laughs> home care. So well, they could check my website. Okay, great. and at the end by the way, stay tuned because <laughs> I will give you um, rains. We'll go over <laughs> how to contact rain and so you've got that information on your website that's great. I do, well, there's a bit of that or just contact me directly too perfect. I'm willing
2: to give you know some tips. there's definitely tips that you don't you know like I, I'm not a fan of doing in uh, internally. Um, I yeah. do not recommend prescribe that, yeah. yes. Yeah. And, but yeah. the, just ask that the dilution is low and
1: not um, unadulterated, so it has to be mixed. It has to be mixed with a carrier oil yes. or a cream or something. You know, it sounds similar to with a baby. You don't fool around with a baby, They're, right? And so now we're talking the other end. Don't fool around with the person who has diminished health. Exactly. And so, so you are actually... I'm working with aromatherapy, and then are you also giving advice? Somebody's called you in as a death doula. Uh, you're giving advice for the people in the home on how to work with it. Is that correct? I'm asking. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yes. yeah so yeah.
1: if there's, you know, there has to be
2: awareness around using oxygen tanks and using essential oils because they are flammable. There's pieces like that, or not using some the lavender, say, for more than two weeks at a time. Or okay. using any specific oil, essential oil, over a period of two weeks, there should always be use something else, and replacement, and then you can go back. So there's things like that we can use, or we can we can talk about. But in using diffusers, the right diffusers. I'm not a fan of um, aromatic candles,
1: mm-hmm. um,
2: but if if that make if that's what make pe- makes people happy,
1: and if it feels good. Feels good to the person if it who is good. dying, mm-hmm. right? Like, because they're the main. Mm-hmm. I know the family. It's important for the loved ones, but obviously, it's that's who you're trying to support, correct? And so, what I'm hearing you say is that people need to get educated about this. That it's not, you don't want to be doing hit or miss. Do the best you can. But really, sounds to me like as much as you being there training people, you're an educator. You're teaching people how to do this. Do you actually run workshops on? Oh, I love teaching my workshops in person
2: and online. I teach aromatherapy for palliative care. Okay. And an in-person palliative massage. And I really love that because there's so much out there on aromatherapy. And there yeah. really is some myths that I love to bust. But to ensure that um, I call it sacred aromas and essential oils because we have so much in terms of incense, like even using sage, Mm -hmm. um, smudging with sage or with sweet grass or, you know, it doesn't doesn't just support the dying. It can support the caregiver. So I've had a nurse when she found out that I'm an aromatherapist in palliative care. She asked what could she do because she was doing house calls and every time she'd get back in the car. She would feel drained and, and just sort of, you know, not her wholesome self. So I said, suggest, you know, have a spritzer, have a hydrosol. spritzer. you know, lavender, chamomile, sweetgrass is a beautiful hydrosol. She can spritz herself and have that sense of, you know, cleansing
1: or whatever it relates to her to use that so really important because you're talking about the health of caregivers Mm. now either professional caregivers or the family members at home that this is also an experience for them and they need to stay healthy and there's things that they can do to come clear their own energy is that what i'm hearing clear their own energy emotionally support themselves Mm -hmm. and of course it becomes um better for the person passing over too right you don't want a fragmented right family member yeah
2: oh interesting so like or like when kate died i had my a rose spritzer and we i spritzed her body when dad died i had um, a little vial of rose oil and blessed his heart and it's so are head. you saying at
1: the moment of death or after death it, it can be at the time of death yeah I usually wait a little bit. And so after death, because I think that's really important. Um, You know, there's many traditions that say don't disturb the body too soon. And so let's go a little bit into that, because I think people aren't quite sure what to do after somebody dies. And I love what I heard you said is that you anointed the Mm -hmm. body after. Mm. Right. And again, I think these are things in previous generations that that's just was what you did. Yes, like one
2: time I was, well, I called a Cherokee woman uh, that I studied with and she said what to do with Kate after she died and she said to bathe her body in in infused sage water.
0: Mm. So
2: that's what we did and sage is a cleanser or, you know, my client, she a 103-year-old gal just loved working with her in the palliative unit and it was her daughter, that friend of mine who hired me and um, so... In the middle of the night, I got a call from the daughter. Mom died. Can you come? So I took my bowls, I took my saffron, and I went. I took a kettle and I prepared bowls of water for the daughter to wash her body with bathed with infused saffron water. So it's a it's this beautiful gold, rich, sunlit healing color that just comes from the saffron. I would rinse, I would have the washcloth, hand the each cloth to the uh, washcloth to the daughter. Her daughter spoke to her mother. so her mother had been dead for like about four, four hours. We told the medical staff there that we were going to be, you know, we need some time. The door was shut in the palliative unit. So the daughter just washed gently from her feet, talked about her mom's feet. Oh, mom, you've walked this, the land of Scotland many miles and washed her, you know, legs and, I, you know, belly, arms, her heart. Oh, mom, what a heart you had for your 103-year-old, you know, and, and, and then her face. And I don't know how long it took, but it didn't matter. Her, her, the daughter was creating that next step in the, in the relationship. You know, and so then she finished with that. We did some prayers. We did a little um, dance. Her boyfriend, her partner came. And we just had those hours, midnight hours. And then the funeral home was called. I, su- I asked if she, they had a special blanket. And so the funeral home came in and body bagged the body. But when they put her on the stretcher, we put this blanket over top. And as the body was being whisked out, the staff, the palliative staff, came and stood. And they kind of, it's called standing on guard. And they just observed and witnessed. Oh. And so I still feel like this tingling of, oh, of you know, healing. Yes. And so the last picture... That she had of her mom there from going out of the palliative was her special blanket draped over her.
1: So beautiful, so beautiful. Because even though the persons died, they're still with us, and we love them. And totally. I'm talking about even 20 years after. Totally. Love doesn't die, right? And you're basically giving a person a time to love this person, rather than be frightened of what happened. And energetically, and again, traditions that say, you know, people transition after, right? And they're journeying, and what a beautiful way to help them journey. Mm -hmm. All right, we are about to go to break. That is so touching, by the way. That was beautiful. Um, And when we come back, uh, Rain is going to give us a little bit more information on how to make your own death or a loved one's death as just Beautiful as possible.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America.
0: Are you curious about your unique astrological blueprint? Would you like guidance on how to work consciously with the planetary cycles affecting your life? Are you ready to expand your horizons and release limiting beliefs or patterns that inhibit your growth and happiness? With insight, compassion, and experience, Katherine Potter holds a clear place for your unfolding evolution. For more information, go to KatherinePotter.ca. That's KatherinePotter.ca. Are you a budding or closet metaphysician, mystic, or astrologer? Do you want to find out about upcoming programs, workshops, lectures, or retreats? You'll want to sign up for Catherine's free monthly newsletter and stay up to date with informative articles and workshop information. Visit catherinepotter.ca to subscribe. From astrology to hypnotherapy and mysticism, you'll stay up to date on classes, consultations, and more. Visit catherinepotter.ca and stay in touch today. This is You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind with Katherine Potter. To reach the show today, please send an email to Potter at shaw.ca. That's Potter at shaw.ca. Now, back to You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind. Hi, everybody.
1: Welcome back. And I am talking to Rain Johnson, who is a death doula. She's been sharing so, so many important things, right, and how... We need to have that dialogue about dying, and then, and we need to have that conversation for ourselves and for our loved ones. So, um, on break, you were talking about a home. Uh, did you say vigilance or a no home vigil or home a funeral? Home, tell, what is that? What is a home funeral? So,
2: a lot of people are opting out to um, out of even using a funeral home. Maybe just still to do the paperwork that, that for with vital statistics and that, but so they keep the body at home or bring the body back home. That we like just like what we did with Dad. Okay. We did the home vigil. We paid the respects. So families are going for that. Um, in fact, we just had a home funeral um, alliance uh, conference in the states once a year. All these doulas from all around the world come and gather, and it's a lot to promote home vigils or incorporating the funeral home like I was talking about supporting the daughter washing her mother's uh, body there was four of us that went to the funeral home um, and requested that we go and wash our friend who was a Buddhist who wanted to be treated a certain way so we washed her body with the saffron water and had incense and, and burning like that so we made arrangements ahead of time with the funeral home. So many of these kind of home vigiling or just even vigiling, vigiling with yeah. with a person can be
1: done in so many creative ways because not everybody can necessarily have the space or can do that for three days or whatever. But what I'm hearing, which is brilliant, if you could, by the way. Um, but what I'm hearing you also say is find out if the funeral home is open to you know you going there and and doing some of these. Wonderful, mm, heartfelt um, rituals with the people who have passed away. Yeah. And so, again, communication. And obviously, the time to start thinking about this is way before you ever need it. So totally. You can, way before
2: you're so at that point. So, that advanced planning, so includes the healthcare directive or whatever it's called in your state or your province, it's like having those wishes written down. But going past the healthcare, so it's like, okay, do I want to be cremated? Do I want to be buried? You know, this, what kind of do I want to have that last MRI just to find out where my tumor is at? It's like the sustainability of dying, the sustainability of death, because so we we pay a lot of healthcare dollars in the last year of one's life, because sometimes we're so afraid of the fact that we might be dying, or that we just want to die. every measure. You know, so how can we preserve some of these dollars and have more quality of life rather than all these tests? And the same thing with that death care. There are, you know, now green burials, which is sustainable for the earth, because right now we have no more dust to dust ashes to ashes, because people are being buried in these crazy, ca- oh, I shouldn't say crazy, but caskets, <laughs> and then liners, like cemeteries, yeah. regulate, regulation of having liners, and which is made of co- concrete so we're putting lots of endangered hardwood into caskets a lot of a lot goes in so we have green burials like we have the first green cemetery in Edmonton now just hmm. happened this year I've been advocating for years Um and
1: so that means you know a biodegradable casket or just a shroud okay and so I was just ready to say for our listeners who don't know what that is <laughs> and so you just went there like a Um, a shroud or something that will break down beautifully in the earth as well as the body, along with the body.
2: Yes. So there's green burial of count of Canada. There's a green burial council in, in uh, the States. So there are some regulations or people are just going, you know, just doing the green burial and, and having the five, there's five requirements. So no um, pesticides, be natural grass growing, uh, the biodegradable, whether it's casket or shroud, um, and the depth is different too. So there's so education. So people need to
1: get informed, and so yes. that's why people you want to get on it way before. And I mean, I think even for young people, I mean, they're not, you know, in in the ideal way. The older people will die first. But to know about it, because you can always go in and recheck. Like, even if you make these plans 20 years before, you can go in and say, okay, how do I feel about it? 10 years out, 15 years out, five years out, right? To just checking in, but to have an idea about death. Totally. Because why are we not having that conversation more? Mm -hmm. So, Rain, um, I just want to make sure we're, you know, we're coming to the end pretty quick. I want to make sure that people can contact you. And I think you've got quite a bit of information on your website. So I'm just, I'm going to say, I believe your website is doingdeathcaredifferently.com. Is that yes. correct? Yes. And is there contact information?
2: Yes. Rain Johnson and there's phone number, email is all there.
1: Okay. And... Um, And you've got some information about all of these things on there?
2: I do. I do. And if people want like even a complimentary, uh, you know, talk, they can just to get a hold of me and they can have a 20 minute complimentary session to see if I can support them in any
1: way. Okay. And so you're open to chatting with them. Yes. 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 And then, um, and you could probably refer different organizations or tell them check into the requirements in your country. So wherever they are. Mm -hmm. So I think that is um, brilliant. And I just really want to thank you for coming and sharing such, I think, important information and to have people open up the dialogue about death. And, you know, listening to you, it seems just like such a tender, um, sweet moment that we don't want to bypass, right? For sure. Yeah. For sure.
2: There's so much to it. There's the companioning. You know, the person, there's a person at
1: the time of, supporting the families, and then the after-death care. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. And you've got the information to contact. And so next week, uh, my guest will be feng shui practitioner Sky McLaughlin. She's going to talk about how to work with small spaces such as apartments or condos. By the way, on Monday, it is uh, the uh, next Monday, it's Thanksgiving Day in Canada. And probably it's a really good idea, no matter whether we practice Thanksgiving or you have it at a different time period, to appreciate all the diverse, wonderful holidays, customs and beliefs. So maybe this week, every day, we can find someone or something to be thankful for, appreciate what we have, appreciate the earth that gives us life respect the uniqueness and diversity of all life forms on earth and so enjoy your week and i look forward to chatting with you next week
0: thank you for listening this week please join your host Catherine potter for another edition of you the universe the holistic mind next monday at 2 p.m eastern time and 11 a.m pacific time on the voice america empowerment channel Until we speak again, have a great week.